Father, we just want to thank you once again for this morning. Lord, even as we are here in the house of the Lord, Father, your word says where two or three are gathered in your name, your presence will be there in our midst. And therefore, this morning we have come to you, not to man, to hear from you, not from man, to hear from your word, not the thoughts of man, to understand your mind, not the mind of man. Know your heart and not the heart of man. And therefore this morning I pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself a little more to us, even through your word. That you would make us understand, you would grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we will understand you, that we will know you, that we will see, Father, what you have for us in this last hour of time, so that we can be prepared for your coming, O Lord. Thank you, Father. Commit all of us into your hands. Speak to us, speak through me, anoint us all to speak and to hear and to obey. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory for in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, we've been looking at uh, the day of the Lord, which will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. Therefore, verse 11 says, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons you ought to be in holy conduct and godliness? And in fact, if you look at all the epistles, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, almost all the epistles, uh, they prepare us in one way or the other, directly or indirectly, for the coming of the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 5 will say, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Okay. In fact, First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians, every chapter has got one a primary objective is to ensure that the hearers or the readers of the particular epistle are prepared for the day of the Lord because they were thinking that the day, that the, that the day of the Lord already came uh, and uh, they have somehow gone into tribulation. So, so they were all concerned and Paul allays their fears by writing uh, a couple, two, two letters in fact. And uh, every chapter talks about, um, the, the, the basis of every chapter is to, as to how to prepare for the coming of the Lord and to how to be sure that we will be a part of that uh, saints who will come along with him to judge the earth. So every, every episode, uh, one way or the other, uh, prepares us for the coming of the Lord. So this is so important. Of course, Revelation, the whole thing is how God is going to judge every, every, uh, Every uh, epistle, right? So we must all give an account. If it is appointed to man to die once and then the judgment. Hebrews chapter 13, 12 will say, since we are obtaining a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us serve God reverently with godly fear. Okay, uh, Acceptably and reverently because he is a consuming fire. So we know that every every epistle by and large, if you look at it directly or indirectly, will mention the coming of the Lord and prepares the hearers of that time as if God was going was gonna I mean Jesus was gonna return during those days. I mean their time. So every generation has to be prepared for the coming of the Lord and it is a thing that nobody knows but we ha- but we can be prepared. Right? That is what the idea is. Matthew chapter 24. Uh, who then is a faithful and a wise servant? We were, looking, we were looking at the concept of the perfect servant, the seven attributes of that servant. And then in, that, in those seven attributes, we were looking at the last one um, uh, as to how to be aware that that 
day and the hour will not take us by surprise. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 50. The master of that servant will come on a day that he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of. So we don't want to be caught by surprise. And as to how, and, and, and what are the attributes one has to possess in order for us to be a servant, uh, who's prepared, a perfect servant. We looked at those seven attributes. And in the seventh attribute, the continuity of it, we are looking at from, uh, looking from First Thessalonians chapter five, verses one onwards. Let's read it. But concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves perfectly know. <clears throat> That the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. That means you have a complete understanding of the fact that that the day of the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night. And therefore, what should you do? Because it because a thief will never come uh, warning us. You are prepared as if he is going to come that very day. So verse verse 3 will say, for when they say peace and safety, we understood what that is. Then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. But you brothers are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We looked at that. We are not of night nor of darkness. We looked at that. Hmm? Therefore, let us be sober as others do. Let us not be. Uh, therefore, let us not be asleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober. You know, Warren Wiersbe is a very interesting title. He says, "Don't be sleepwalking." Okay, don't do sleepwalking. Don't be sleepwalking Christians. Verse 7, for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk in the night. But let us who are off the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. We'll come to that next week, what that is. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to, uh, but to, uh, uh, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we, be, uh, that we, the, whether we um, are awake or asleep, we should live together with him and therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you are also doing. So these are the things that we are, we are doing. We're trying to edify one another and comfort one another. And we looked at those five attributes. This will, there'll be an environment of false security and peace, but you, are, you need to understand some very important, uh, characteristics that you, that, uh, that you have to possess, uh, that you should know about yourself. If you are a born again believer, that you are a son of light, you are a son of the day. You're not of darkness. You're not of night. You should be sober and watchful, not asleep. You should be battle ready and you should know that you are not objects of wrath, but salvation through Jesus. Okay. So today we looked at the first three attributes, peace and security, sons of light and sons of day, uh, not of darkness and night. Today, this, today we look at the third one to be sober and watchful and not asleep. Okay, sober and watchful. By the way, what happens when we are born again, when God grants us repentance, if you, if you don't have to turn there, you, you know that from 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 27, 26, he says that they may come back to their senses, right? Coming back to the senses, actually, um, the idea that is being conveyed there is that you have regained your spiritual sobriety. Okay. You are actually drunk with the world, drunk with the pleasures of the flesh, and you've been captivated by the enemy to do his will. And what has suddenly happened is you have regained your spiritual balance in that you have retained at least in some measure 
your spiritual sobriety. Okay, so today we look at being sober and watchful and not asleep. So we will look at one aspect of this from Mark's Gospel chapter 13 and to understand what it, what it means to be spiritually sober and watchful. Alright, let us see. Mark's Gospel chapter 13. But of that day and hour, no one knows. Again, you see the context, right? Not even the angels have in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. But but you, what, what does he say in First Thessalonians? But you brothers are not in darkness that that day should take you by surprise, but that you perfectly know that that day will come like a thief. Okay. You understand? So you see the context, the same context which is being mentioned there. And verse 33. Take heed, watch and pray for your, you do not know when the time has come. When the time is, it is like a man going to a far country who left his house to his servants, gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening. You need to know the day and you need to know the hour. Okay, he may come in the evening because evening and morning. First day, so it starts, the, it's, a, it's a Jewish calendar. Okay, he may come in the evening. He may come at the midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. So four watches are being mentioned over there. Okay. Evening, midnight, early when early hours of the day when people awake. Some of the people who are really disciplined in the Lord, they awake. And for the rest of us who are morning people. Okay. So, okay. So, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. Some people sleep in the evening. Okay. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. So today, we will look at how does one watch? It's very important. How does one watch? And you don't have to look, because again, it's uh, it's in the context of being a servant, right? In the context of being a servant, in that context of a perfect servant, a perfect servant is the one who is not going to be taken by surprise by that day. And what are the special attributes of that servant we are looking at that he will not be taken by surprise. That means he is always prepared. Okay. No matter the time, no matter the hour. Right? It's like, you know, I told Abigail, get up in the night, middle of the night. If I say 13 times 13, you should say 169. Okay. Doesn't matter in the midnight. Please give me some time. Let me review. No. Okay. Any time of the day, it should be like a part of you. It should be ingrained. It should become a part of you. It should be a part of your mind, the, your thought processes, etc. They don't like it, but eventually one day, one day, they will appreciate it. Okay. Because all things, when people put a yoke upon the children, they don't like the yoke. <laughs> but they don't understand it's still a yoke of wood. <laughs> if they don't come under the yoke of wood one day, what will come? The four yoke of iron definitely will come. There is no man without a yoke. Okay. So, so what are the attributes? Let us see. Let us observe. And I just want to look at one verse to understand how should one be watchful and be sober. What are the attributes that he needs to possess in order that he, that he be watchful and be sober. You got that? Alright. Let us see. One verse. That is 13, 34. It is like a man going to a far country. Okay. Now, when you look at this far country thing, you should remember Proverbs chapter 7. 
The master of the house has to go into a far country and he has taken a bag of money. Let us come and make our beds and make love through the night. Okay. Fill ourselves with love. Okay. So, you see the connotation over there. The language is very, very biblical. <laughs> okay. Very Solomonic, if you will. Hmm? If I can use that word, no? Solomonic. <laughs> it is like a man going to a far country who left his house. Not in that, in that he didn't leave his house. He sent his Holy Spirit, obviously. And then he says, he left his house, ostensibly meaning he's going to come back for sure. And he gave authority to his servants and to each his works and commanded the doorkeeper to Watch. So look at, look at these attributes over here. First of all, they were all, everybody say that, his servants. Hmm? And to his servants, if you want to be watchful and be sober and not be taken by surprise, understand that you've been given authority, first thing. Second, each has been given his or her work. Understand that. Third, you have been commanded by the You've been given the commandment of a doorkeeper to be watchful. The commandment of a doorkeeper to be watchful. No, you need to understand what is happening over there. What are all these things? Dig a little deeper and you'll understand. First, 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 first. Very important attribute to ascertain for ourselves that we are, first thing, his servants. Everybody say that. I am his servant. Understand that. Okay. I am his servant. Very clear. I am not Peter's servant, even though I serve him. I am not Dr. Richard's servant, even though I serve him. I am not Samuel's servant, even though I serve him. I am not any of your servants. I am his servant first. This is all of us. Samuel is not my servant or the church's servant. He is a servant of God and he serves the church. Everyone, understand this. You are not any man's servant. You are God's servant. This is so important for us to realize. And every one of us are his servants. So let us look at what the Bible uh, talks about. Uh, uh, what, a, uh, what a servant uh, who is who understands the fact that he is his servant should have. Attributes that he should have. First Corinthians chapter 7 verse 23. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. You need to understand this. This is such an important thing. What What is the most important aspect that you need to understand over here? That you've been bought at a price. So let me give you a very earthly what you call degenerate example. You know, degenerate. You know, degenerate, right? Degenerate example to drive home the point. Well, like for example, let us say you go and you have interview, uh, you have given your resume to a company and they shortlisted you for an interview and after the entire process is over, HR interview is going to take place and there what will happen most of the times? What what negotiations, Baba? A salary negotiations will happen. Hmm? Okay, salary negotiations will happen, right? Okay, everybody who goes through the HR interview, salary negotiations will happen. They will ask you, what are what was your previous salary? What are you expecting? <clears throat> All right, and what we can give? <laughs> and uh, the HR will try to uh, you know give, throw some perks here and there to ensure that he buys you. And then he says, one of the very important aspect of any company is that you should not hold dual employment. Do you know that? They do a thorough background check. For example, 
I cannot be a servant of Google and a servant of Amazon at the same time. You have been bought at a price. I am. That means the moment he gives you the offer letter with the salaries, with the salary quotation, what have you, you have become whose servant? Company servant. You have been bought at a price. And he says, you cannot be slaves of any other company. You are a slave, but my slave. Clear, no? Very clear. That's exactly what is happening over here. You were bought at a price, do not become slaves of men. And what kind of a price did he pay? Not perishable things like gold and silver. Something which you cannot even pay back. Okay, my services, I can pay pay you back. What you are doing to your company is you are giving services which are paying back to your company in terms of services and goods, right? Products and services is what what you are providing in return to the salary that they are giving. But in return to what God has given us, what can we pay back to him? Can Can you just quote a price, please? A lot of people have this. I will never be indebted to anybody. I will pay back this pride. I will not be even indebted to God. Really? (laughs) You have no idea. And therefore he says, you have been bought at a price. You are his servant. You have been bought at a price. We'll actually, today in the evening, the evening service, I'm going to expound upon this as to what it means. Therefore, you cannot be slaves of men. Impossible. It is impossible for you to be a slave of man. You should not be a slave of man. Because if you become a slave of man, you will cease to become the slave of God. Look at what it says in Galatians chapter 1. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not, everybody say, not be a bond servant of Christ. The moment I start pleasing men, I will cease to become a bond servant of Christ. We are his servants. We are bought at a price and we serve him and not for a salary. <laughs> okay. What? It's not for a salary. <laughs> we cannot give <laughs> goods and services in return for the for what he has done for us. Impossible. That is the reason why we're the whole realm of nature mind. We're an offering, what? Far too small. We're the whole realm of nature mind. We're an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine. Demands my soul, my life, my all. You understand? So this is a very important aspect. We are his servants, we are not here to please men. Our whole agenda in life is, Lord, if 150, the whole world could be pleased by me, if you are not pleased, I have failed in my responsibility. Understand this. Okay. We are not men pleasers, even though men would be, could be pleased through our service, but our objective is not to please them. Understand that. So, there is no room for political correctness. Respect of persons. That's what it says, no? God is not a respecter of persons or partiality. God shows no partiality. You know what it says? Actually, the Greek Greek word is, God sees no man's face. 
నీ ముఖం ఆయనకు అవసరం లేదు హీ డజన్ సీ ఎనీ మ్యాన్స్ ఫేస్ ఓ సో సాడ్ సచ్ పోర్ చైల్డ్ హీస్ గాన్ త్రూ సో మచ్ ఇన్ లైఫ్ నో దట్స్ రీజన్ వై ఇన్ ఆస్ ఫర్ ఎస్ జస్టిస్ ఇస్ కన్సర్న్డ్ హీస్ బ్లైండ్ ఇఫ్ యూ కాల్ హిమ్ ఫాదర్ ఇట్ డన్ స్టాప్ దేర్ నా హూ విల్ జడ్జ్ ఇంపార్షియల్లీ ఎవ్రీ వన్ అకార్డింగ్ టు హిజ్ వర్క్స్ బిహేవ్ యువర్ సెల్ఫ్ ఇన్ యువర్ సో జర్నింగ్ ఆన్ దిస్ సైడ్ ఇన్ యువర్ ఎగ్జైల్ విత్ ఫియర్ కండక్ట్ యువర్ సెల్స్ ఇట్ ఇస్ కండక్ట్ యువర్ సెల్స్ నాట్ ఫ్యాషనింగ్ యువర్ సెల్స్ అకార్డింగ్ టు ద ఫార్మర్ లస్ దట్ యూ ఒప్టెయిన్డ్ యాజ్ అ ట్రెడిషన్ ఫ్రమ్ యువర్ ఫోర్ ఫాదర్స్ you had a nice tradition to live life to please yourself and to please others i mean men whoever you want to please basically we are unborn servants of christ so we are his servants so if you are his servant you cannot be a servant of man second for this is the will of god first peter chapter 2 verse 15 for this is the will of god for this is the will of god everybody say that this is the will of god everybody wants to know the general will of god this is one of the aspects where he specifically cogently precisely he drives home what the general will of god is for our lives for this is the will of god that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men how as free yet not using as liberty uh, using liberty as a cloak for vice but as bond servants of god you are bond servants of christ and you are bond servants of god so how if you are bond servants of god what are you supposed to do you are supposed to do good and put to silence the ignorance of foolish men and this is the will of god this is the will of god so what did what did god god, god the holy spirit do the god the father anointed jesus christ with the holy spirit and he went about doing good and delivering people who been oppressed by demons he went about doing good okay you are a light okay city on the hill okay let your light shine so that they may see your good works and glorified your father who is in, who is in heaven your good works your life your you, it is essentially a lifestyle of ensuring that you become a channel of blessing to others why i, I told you right first you are a bond you are a servant of god you are a servant but it doesn't mean that you don't serve but through your life you serve others for sure but it it has a proper place what is the place first lord i please you and in pleasing you and in ensuring that i live a life that you call good what do i what do i do i serve others you understand that luke's gospel chapter 16 another one i told you no we are bought at a price so we can only serve one master we cannot have dual loyalty i told you no dual employment even india boycotts dual citizenship the moment you become a citizen of any country like why my my relatives have gone to canada in 3 years time they will become citizens of canada the day they become citizens of canada <laughs> they have to apply for a visa to come to india that's it 
yeah, become a PIO, person of Indian origin, you they get a PIO card. Aminos, full, uh, all the, the Department of Home Ministry. <laughs> okay. So you, you have relinquished your citizenship. You, of course, we have dual citizenship in that first, of course, our, our citizenship is of heaven, but our interests are, are there. First, I'm a citizen of heaven, and then, of, of, course, of course, I'm a citizen of India. Even India doesn't allow dual citizenship. God says, I have, I do not allow dual loyalty. It's not possible. It's not, it's impossible. It's impossible. You see, you all, we all can do only one thing. Multitasking is not, we are not good at it, actually. Multitasking, all tasks are done, but not all tasks are perfect. We call it trade-off. Optimization. Right? Depending upon the priority, depending upon the client, (laughs) And depending upon the time and how much money is paying you. <laughs> this is what you do. You multitask. Multitasking not possible in the kingdom of God. Only one thing is needful. We have to be one thing Christian. Okay, that is the reason why he says, Unite my heart to fear your name. Unite. Unite my heart to fear your name. And what does the world do? It. That's what it says, right? Uh, he binds up the wounds of the guy who comes from Jerusalem to Jericho. Remember? And the very interesting word, the, the word for binding up is, what has happened? He fells, he falls among thieves, and there's a very interesting Greek word that is being used. They traumatize him. And now what has happened when they traumatize him? That fellow has what we call as me, myself, and who are? Multiple personality disorder. <laughs> that is the reason why he says, a double-minded man can receive nothing from the Lord. Cleanse your hearts, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. The word for mind is, of course, suke, from which we get the word soul, dipsychos, spiritual schizophrenia, if you, if you want to call it. So you cannot, no servant can, no servant can serve two masters for evil. Either he will hate the one and love the other. In other words, you cannot love both. Impossible. Impossible. I love her. I love her. <laughs> no, 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 no way. No woman will accept that. No man will accept it. I don't know how David and Solomon and all the rest of the gang managed. The first person who did it, didn't, didn't manage is Abraham. And what was he doing when the angels came to meet him? In the afternoon sun, he was outside the tent. You can imagine, no? Somebody's outside in the middle, in the afternoon sun. Okay, somebody said, no, it is better to live in the wilderness than to. <laughs> okay. So, so, somebody said, I think Solomon was the one who said that. It is better to live in the house top than to live in a with a contentious woman that is when he visited wife number 365 then he went to wife number 366 okay now he said better to live in the wilderness than to even live in the rooftop he said <laughs> you see <laughs> so even now from the rooftop he ran to the wilderness <laughs> you see i mean uh, i i'm just speculating all these things okay this is uh, pun intended okay i don't know how when he wrote and how he wrote that 
No servant can serve two masters. That is the reason why he says four are great mysteries to me. The bird, the 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 way of the eagle in the air, the snake on the rock, a ship in the sea, and the maid with a man. <laughs> four are mysteries, he says. The way of the eagle, snake on the rock, lot of spiritual significance, okay? Okay, ship in the sea, and the way of a maid with a man. Four mysteries. Great man. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one. That is the reason why when, when, uh, when, 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 uh, uh, Jacob, uh, got married to, rather, he was forced into marriage to Leah, and later he got married to Rachel, it says, the Bible says, when God saw that, Leah was, no, 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 hated, yeah, when Leah was hated and Rachel loved, can you imagine? That is what, um, see, unloved ka matlab kya hai? It's somewhere in the middle. Do you love me? No. Do You don't love me? No. What do you do? I don't know. I mean, there's nothing called, I don't know expression in a very close relationship. You either love me or you don't love me. So if you love Leah, you will hate Rachel. If you love Rachel, you will hate, hate Leah. So what was what happened to Leah? She was hated. It says, I think, uh, I think Genesis chapter twenty-nine or thirty, somewhere. Oh, okay, you don't have it. It's in KJV, not even in KJV. Okay, in the NKJV we'll use the word unloved. KJV very, very, very stern to the point and raw. He, she was hated. So either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the. Other, you cannot. Then you know the word for cannot is very interesting. Cannot comes from two words in the in the Hebrew, in the Greek rather. Dynamite, from which we get the word power. A dynamite, which which means powerless. Got it? Got it? Cannot is adunami, meaning you are powerless if you have a mind which is divided between money and God. Adunami. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what will you receive? Power. Dunamis, exactly. But what happens when you have divided loyalties? You have Adunami, means you have no power. God will give you nothing because God says a double-minded man will receive what? Nothing from the Lord. And if you ask, what, what should he give you? No, no. What, what do you ask for? No, 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 no. Yeah, in that case, context is wisdom, but if you being evil fathers will give good gifts to your children, how much more God, God will give the who? The Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what will you receive? You will receive power. And when you are double-minded, you will not receive the Holy Spirit because you are a double-minded man and God will not give you something which is a resource to empower you. Therefore it says, cannot is a very powerful word. We just read it. You are powerless in other words. You, you are powerless to serve God and you are powerless to serve mammon. So there's no, see, there's no balancing acts that we can do here. Balance, we are, see, for people, you should be balanced. What do you mean by balance? Okay, three days I can love my wife. Fourth day I can sleep with another person. Is that what you mean by balance? On an average, we are doing okay. See, that is not balance. 
God says. That is the reason why you know what? The word whole heart, whole heart is mentioned so many times in Psalm 119. I served the Lord, Lord with my whole heart. It says, I found a man called Caleb who served me with what? Whole heart. A perfect heart and a willing mind. Chronicles, first Chronicles, right? Alright. You cannot serve God and Mammon. You are his servant, so you cannot have dual loyalties. Loyalties. Understand that. Alright? Ezekiel chapter 33. That means mammon is, of course, we know what it, what mammon means, right? Gain. Right? We, know, we looked at that. Ezekiel chapter 33. Verse 30. <clears throat> As for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you beside the walls in the doors of their houses. What are they talking about, Ezekiel? Oh, he's such a fantastic preacher. They're not talking anything bad about the preacher, by the way. And they speak to one another. Everyone says to his brother, please come and hear what the word what the word is that comes from the Lord. That means Ezekiel is speaking the words of God. And then, so they come to you as my people do. They sit before you as my people. And they hear your words and they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love. But their hearts pursue. Ah, their own gain. That's the reason why he says, You honor me with your lips, but your what are fantastic words that is, no? Far from me. That means so distant from me. Not close to him at all. So, first thing, you are his servant. Therefore, you cannot have dual loyalties. No dual loyalties because you are bought with a price. You cannot become slaves of man or slaves of mammon. And if you do, you know, what, one of the stories of, if you look at Israel as a nation, what, if you look at Israel, what is the history of Israel? Right from inception to this point, only one, one, one thing God is doing with them, discipline. Right? So he says, of all the families of the earth, I knew you. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna punish you for your iniquities. So, you play the fool with God. <laughs> you do it at your own peril. So be very careful. Lord, I am absolutely, totally devoted to you. Say that. Okay. Everybody, every day confess this. Lord, I am absolutely, totally devoted to you. Confess that. I want to be. Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, another attribute of the bond servant. Bond servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. So how do we work if you are only bond servants of God? So we are not like super spiritual. No, Paul says, no, to the Corinthian church. Some say, I am of Paul. Some say, I am of Apollos. Some say, I am of Caiaphas. And some say, I am of Christ. Who is the most spiritual among them? They thought. We are the most spiritual group. Who are these people? Ah, exactly. Those people who said, we don't follow Paul. We don't follow Apollos. We don't follow Peter. We only follow Christ. They're all, <laughs> fake Christians are there all over the place, Baba. Okay. Bond servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service. As men pleasers. Again, you see, you are, you should, your, your, your whole objective is to please God. But in sincerity of heart, what? Fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men. Knowing that, 
from the Lord, you will receive the reward for, of the, uh, of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere. It doesn't matter. What a statement, no? You, whichever company you take, whom are you serving? The Lord Jesus. So when they see you work, the kind of output that you give, the kind of wisdom that you, that you, uh, display, I mean, not display, the kind of wisdom, wisdom that you possess and in that your whole objective is Lord, through my life, this, these people, they should always prosper. If I am there in this company, I should be a source of prosperity to this company and not a source of discomfort. They should not say, bah, why did we hire? You know, we say, no, what hire? Uh, some kind of, there's a name, there's a name. My, my hiring defector. That's HR word, okay? My, my wife keeps using the word, no? She, this person is a hiring defect. Because if you hire her, they'll cause more headache than blessing. Hiring defects. We are not hiring defects. We don't want to be hiring defects wherever we are. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done and there is no partiality again. You see that? Understood everybody? So let us see, look at one example. Genesis chapter 39. Hmm. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. <laughs> Look at this guy, okay. His attitude even in his workplace. And she said to him, lie with me, but he refused. I mean, this is one, one sermon. Okay. He understood the grace of God. The grace of God, yeah, to say no, okay. But he refused and said to his master's wife, what did he say? Look, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, look, 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 look. My master does not know what is what is with me in the house and he has committed all that he has to my hands because your eyes are longing to me and therefore you have lost your sight. And your eyes are full of adultery. Adulterous eyes. And therefore he sings, a blind woman, look, Have you gone blind? My master does not know what is with me in the house. You know the word for master in the Hebrew here? Ah, Adonai! The same word that, you, you, that we use uh, for God. El Shaddai Aradhana. And then? Elohim Aradhana. Then? Adonai Aradhana. We sing that song, all the Telugu's full. Adonai, my master. And by the way, lady, he's also your master. Adonai, my master, the word for my master, you know, Adon means master, Adonai means my master. It's the same word in Hebrew. El means God. Eli means my God. Eliyah means my God is Yahweh. Rabon means teacher. Rabonai means my teacher. You're owning. And you know what he says? My master, lady, my master does not know what is with me in the house and he has committed. You see what the word, powerful words being used over here. That means what? 
A servant should possess one important characteristic. What is that characteristic? Commitment. Everybody say that? Commitment. Committed. Not half-hearted. And he has committed all that he has into my hands. And then, there is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept anything from me but you because he is. You are his wife. Means who is your master? Your husband is your master. He is also your Adonai. How can I do this thing, this great wickedness and sin where? Against God. You see? This is what we call, you are not men pleasers. You people who please God and in pleasing God we are actually serving people. You see that? And what has happened to this lady? Eyes full of adultery. You cannot serve God and you cannot serve your own pleasures by the way. It's impossible. Because lot of what will happen in the, in the last days men will become lovers of money Lovers of pleasure, lovers of, but not, but not lovers of God. They become lovers of pleasure. Lovers of themselves. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 20. Look at what it says. Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. You still haven't got the point. So let us look at it in another translation, okay? An adulterous woman consumes a man, <laughs> then wipes her mouth and says, What's wrong with that? What a verse, no? These are all hidden gems in the Bible. <laughs> What's wrong with that? What's wrong with Come on, pleasure. Come on, everybody is doing, boss. See, that is the reason why you do not take a cue from successful people in this world. Oh, he's so successful. But look at his life. Absolute mess. I know there was a movie called Nutty Professor. Eddie Murphy. That fellow is a total womanizer of the first order. He has 10 children, known, known children, who do not know what we don't know, through multiple women. And what do you say? Oh, he's a champion of the blacks, of course. You have, you have to see what, what to all, what all, um, so, sorry, fraternities he belongs to. What is wrong? And then what happens? Look at that man. What is wrong? What is wrong? He's so successful. Look at his life. He's, what is wrong in this? See, when you are a servant of God, success in this world at whatever cost is not the point. You can be absolutely unsuccessful in the things in the sight of in the sight of man, but absolutely successful in the sight of God. Because you do not serve your own pleasures. You serve what? God. And what do the world say? What is wrong? Are steal some money, compromise over here. What is wrong? Everybody, everybody does it. After all, you are not ha- uh, harming anybody. In fact, you can take this money and help others also. Robin Hood. The 
See, that's what happens. You you look at Hollywood and Bollywood, you become Robin Hood. See. Ultimately, adulterous woman consumes a man, then wipes her mouth and says, <laughs> "What is wrong with that? What is wrong? Everybody's doing it. Everybody's cheating. Everybody's lying. Everybody's stealing. Everybody's." Taking vaccine, etc. <laughs> you see, understand this. <laughs> An adulterous woman consumes a man, then wipes her mouth and says, "What's wrong with that?" That is the reason why he says, "When this late, this fellow, this uh, fool of a young man." When he's going with his adulterous woman, he says he does not know that he is going like an ox goes to the slaughter. He does not know there's an arrow which is going to pierce his liver and destroy his soul completely. Why? None who take that path will return, nor do they regain the paths of life. Can a man take fire in his bosom? And his clothes not be burnt? Absolutely not. Can you walk on hot coals and your feet not be burnt? Rhetorical question, no. So when something, see, there's a difference between a wound, which will heal and eventually gets disappeared, and a burn. You know what happens to a burn mark? It never goes. Never goes. I have one burn mark here. I was playing Diwali. With a cracker. With an nylon t-shirt. What a combination. Exactly. Thank you so much. <laughs> and one day, cracker came, blasted over here. Burn. Final burn mark over here. That's it. See, that's what I'm saying. No. Sexual sin is a dangerous sin because it says any man who commits any other sin sins outside the body, but a person who commits sexual sin, what does he do? He commits against his own body. What does it? What happens? There is a permanent mark on his soul. It's never going to be moved. It'll be a permanent mark. 700, 300, what? 300 wives and 600 concubines. 900 women. Can you imagine the kind of demonic transaction that would have taken place, this fellow? Solomon. They just tore his soul. You know, the other day we went to a place. Uh, there was a burger called Pulled Chicken Burger. I was wondering, what is this Pulled Chicken Burger? They take the chicken and pull it into pieces, shred it nicely, and put it as your, what is that? Filling between the burger. Oh, then I said, oh, it's a shredded chicken burger. That's exactly what they, what happened to Solomon. His soul was shred! And what, what happened? I don't know. I don't know what happened. Did he regain the paths of life? I don't know. You see, if you serve pleasure, that's what happens. What did you do? You tax the people. You forgot that you were a servant of the people. That's the reason why the elders come to him and say, to, they, they tell, they, uh, what's this, Jeroboam and all the others, Jeroboam and all these people come and, come and tell Rehoboam, Rehoboam, if you serve these people, they will become your servants. 
Remember the, the conversation that he has? If you serve these people, they will become your servants. But you know what, what has happened? Just like your father, you're also going to tax them now. You're going to divide them and you're going to, uh, what do you call, discipline them with scorpions? Sorry. What will happen to the kingdom? It will be shred. What has happened? The entire kingdom gets divided in two for the sake of pleasure. That is Trojan war. One stupid fellow. Yeah, Helen of Troy. You have a war. Destroy people. These are all lessons for us to learn. We don't serve pleasure. We serve God. We are His servants. That is the reason why when he begins, when he sees the master, what? Delaying his coming. And what does he do? He beats his fellow servants and bring and begins to eat and be drunk with the others. What will happen? The master will come at a time when he's not expecting. My dear brothers and sisters, this is so important for us. We serve God and we do not serve our pleasures. Amen. Do that. All right. That is the reason why he tells this woman, woman, look, 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 look. He is my master and he is your master also. Right? Second Peter chapter 2, verse 14. Having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin. Enticing unstable souls, they have a heart trained in covetous practices. Kya baat hai? And are accursed children. That is the reason why if your eye is single, your whole body is full of light. But if the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The the word for full of adultery, it is talking about the eyes of an adulterous woman. That's the idea there. That is being conveyed. So don't, we don't fool about, fool around with pleasure. Pleasure, you know, pleasure is there. Where? At his right hand. We seek our pleasure in finding God. That is unmatchable pleasure. And that's an experience by the way, right? Why should God give us pleasure if you're not interested in pleasing Him? Amen. Alright. So, First Peter chapter 2. As free, yet not using our liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. And then how do you do? Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. Don't start in clubs in the bar. Lal Salam, Lal Salam. We are not communists. We are bond servants of Christ. Our provision he will provide, my dear brothers and sisters. He will provide whatever we need, he will come through. It's an experience. For for this is commendable. Because of conscience towards God. And what did Joseph have? He had a conscience towards God. A conscience towards God. Forget that word. You should feed your conscience with the word of God. That's what it says. Because whatever the standards you feed your conscience, that is the standard to which it will adhere to. If because of conscience towards God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. That's exactly what, uh, what 
Joseph did. For what credit it is, if you have beaten for your faults, you take it patiently, but when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. So the, look at look at the entire idea. My idea is to not to please men, but to please who? God. My idea is not to have conscience towards man, but to have a conscience towards God. For to this you were called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his footsteps. Amen. And a second thing in a bond servant should have. See, we are bond servants of the order of Christ. In Christ, Christ was a son who became a servant. And we are also sons who became servants. Though he was a son, he ah, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. How did he uh, learn obedience through the things he suffered? By taking upon himself the form of a bond servant and becoming obedient to the death on the cross. So we are of the type of Christ. So every servant is a servant in Christ because as long as we are in Christ, we are servants in Christ too. Because he, is, he was also a servant. Okay, that is what, that's, what, that's what we sing that song. No? This is our God, the servant king. What a sort of song. The servant king. It's an oxymoron for a lot of people. That he is not a king who does not serve his people. He's a charlatan. He's a dictator. Right? Alright. That's the reason why we are a benevolent, we ultimately will become a benevolent monarchy. The kingdom of God. Okay. That's exactly what will happen. Just as the king, so will be his subjects. Ultimately. So, Isaiah 49, look at what it says. Listen, O coastlands, to me, and take heed, you peoples, from afar. The Lord has called me from my womb, from the womb, from the matrix of my mother. He has made mention of my name. I love that word, no? The word matrix, you know, it's rendered as matrix. The Hebrew word is the inward parts, the womb of my mother. From the matrix of my mother. No? It says, no, the one who opens the matrix is separated into God. That's what it, uh, Leviticus uses the word. It's a KJV, hardcore KJV language. I love the word, love the, love the translation. Okay. From the matrix of my mother, he has made mention of my name and he has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he has hidden me. And what did I underline? Hidden. Okay. And made me a polished shaft in this quiver. He has hidden me. In other words, a servant is not a servant unless and until he has a hidden life with God. He loves obscurity. What does he like? Obscurity. The blessing of obscurity. Sometime back, no, Justin and I, we were having a discussion. She challenged me. She said, what if you do something for the church or something for God? And nobody on this side of eternity will know. And only God knows. Will you be okay with that? It's a very tough question, no? Nobody will know. Only God knows. Are you okay with that? Uh, The flesh loves what we call as display. Appreciation. We should show off our talents. You know, one man, Mishundar Krishnan, you know, he was, he was the one who asked God, he said, Lord, grant me the blessing of obscurity. 
you know till now he is obscure nobody knows him and recently i just search 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 said i found him in some random uh, youtube channel one message 115 viewers views for this message powerful powerful same passion same vigor same vitality at 80 years almost close to jumping on his seat in a zoom class no does anybody know he told me that would be awesome no to be hidden by god nobody knows it's a huge blessing Luke's Gospel chapter 2, verse 80. So the child grew. Who's this child? John the Baptist. And became strong in the spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. What was that? A life which was hidden in God. Desire that. Desire that. People will call, call you for YouTube interviews. And put you on display. Be careful. <laughs> and they will say, you know, so many people are watching you. <laughs> you. <laughs> ah, absolutely. I, I'm, see, I'm not against view views, okay? You, if God gives it, praise the Lord. I mean, I know some men of God, like for example, if you have Derek Prince, boy, Millions of views for some of his, but he's dead and gone. He doesn't even know that so many people are watching him, by the way. Okay. <laughs> he's in a safe place. <laughs> he's really obscure from all this, all that is happening here on earth. <laughs> okay. Another person, of course, we know Zachman and, but that man is a man of God. He doesn't care what you think about him or not think about him. Okay. Well known. See. It's a strange paradox Paul talks about. We are well known, yet not very known. Very well known. Okay. So the child grew. A blessing of hiddenness. Servants. And you know what? This is exactly what God did. God did to even the very son of God when he came to earth. Where was he? You know, in Telugu, we use, we use the word Marumulaku Gramam. Meaning, somewhere in the corner of a place where nobody knows, in a manger. We sing that song, Born in a Manger. We actually, uh, you say, we, we are all sentimental people, no? We worship the manger now. We put all these beautiful props and everything. I, I'm not against that. But during that time, do you think anybody gave a second look to this man? Who was born in a manger. Hidden and obscure. You know what? That was divine conspiracy. That's a conspiracy of God. <laughs> <laughs> nobody should know. Nobody should know. Until his time, nobody should know. You see, some man who died on the cross 2000 years ago, he's a savior? Of the world? What are you even talking about? Preposterous! That is the reason why it says the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is a power of God. Obscure. But not obscure to the principalities and powers of darkness. They know it. Those are the people who, who should know. 
Understand? So what, what is the servant saying? Sir, servant is saying, Lord, you hid me. He's, of course, this is talking about Christ. And all of us who are in Christ, we are also servants of the, of the kind of servant he is, right? He is our model. And verse, again, uh, Isaiah 49 verse 3. And he said to me, you are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. So that means what? Ultimately, the glory will not come to you. Who will be glorified? Through your life, I will be glorified. Then I said, look at the next verse. Verse 4. I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain. Yet surely, my just reward is with the Lord and my work is with my God. In other words, even though I don't see any results, I will still labor in hiddenness. I will be faithful to my calling wherever God has placed me. You understand? Nobody sees any results. Nobody appreciates me. Nobody gives me a placard. Doesn't matter. Nobody celebrates my birthday. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Yet surely my just reward is with me. Is with the is with the who? Is with the Lord. It, he still hasn't given it given it to me. <laughs> and my work is with my God. Actually, the word for work is my recompense. My recompense. Is my reward, my compensation. Thank you so much. My compensation is with my, he is going to compensate me. Don't worry. And so what will I do? I might feel that my work is in, is going in vain. My labor is going in vain. The time which I sp- I'm spending with God is going in vain. I'm not being as impactful as the other peers that I'm looking at in my, in my, in my field of influence. But God is saying, you know what? Be faithful at your calling, at your post. Your recompense is with the Lord. You're His servant and he will recompense you and that recompense boy i don't know maybe he'll give us one planet completely okay. go and inhabit i don't know maybe i'm not sure okay. surely my just reward is with the lord and my recompense is with my god so that is a servant you see we are whose servant his servants. I mean, see how liberating the word of God is. <laughs> Ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Free to do what? Free to serve him. Free to become his servant. Hebrews chapter 6. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner, verse, verse 10, for God is not unjust to forget your labor of love. Your work and the labor of love which you have shown towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and you continue to minister. And we have that we have uh, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end that you do not become sluggish but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And then again, First Corinthians chapter three. Now we who he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. One day, you will receive no problem. You know something? God is going to give us give us wages. I don't know what some salary is going to give us, Baba. Are your company Google will give you salary? That salary? Much more only. Understand? 
Actually, sometimes the views, when you see the salary packages, you say, what if this fellow doesn't deserve it? Yeah, exactly. This is a parable. You will also get a salary package which you do not deserve. It's a parable. Understand? Okay, <laughs> okay we serve the Lord, my dear brothers. Because you, the, who's, who's my, who's my model is, my, my, my model is Joseph. What did the salary, what, what was the salary he received in Potiphar's house? Nothing. He was a slave. What was the salary he received in the prison? Nothing. But do you know what happened? The entire resources of Egypt were given to him. He becomes the father to the household of Pharaoh. Can you imagine? The father to the household of Pharaoh. That means, Tijori ka chabi kis, kis ke hath mein abhi? Even Pharaoh's son. Daddy, I want some grain. Go and ask Joseph, please. Even Pharaoh's son, if he wants to have a feed, he has to go and ask Joseph. Pharaoh's aunt, Pharaoh's niece, Pharaoh's uncle, Pharaoh's grandfather. Entire Pharaoh's household, they have to come and bow down at the feet of Joseph. What recompense is that, man? Come on. What am I doing this? What am I doing here, Lord? Serving you in the prison. I don't see anything over here. In vain. But my recompense is with the Lord. My recompense is with the Lord. Amen. To such people, you know what? God gives what? You were given authority. What were you given? Authority. You see that? Look at the servants now. We are his servants who have been given authority. How beautiful the word of God is. See, the word of God is the most logical textbook that you can study in your entire life. Not even Pythagoras theorem. Because Pythagoras theorem fails in a three-dimensional world. You know that, right? The sum of all angles in a triangle is always? Peter, sir. Always? What if you draw a huge triangle on the earth? And then add all the angles in the triangle. Is not equal to 180. It is only for a planar two-dimensional surface, not as a three-dimensional field. What has happened? If you draw a huge triangle on the earth's surface, you have encountered the curvature of the earth and all the angles are not 180 degrees now. Hmm, Pythagoras? You see? Pythagoras also has his limitations, Baba. <clears throat> You've been my goodness, that was free, okay? <laughs> I charge it in my school and not here, okay? <laughs> given authority. You have been given authority. What have, you been, what have you been given? You have been given authority. For a person to be given authority, he should be under authority. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, So Matthew chapter 8. <laughs> Matthew chapter 8 verse 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but also speak a, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority. <clears throat> and what do I do? I say to this one, go. And he goes, and to another come, and he comes, and to my servant do this, and he does. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said, and to those who followed, assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So, first, first lesson for all of us, if you want to be given authority, 
First Peter chapter 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. I told you, you know, clothing, costume. Costume means uh, your attitude. It's a costume of humility. means you're accustomed to a lifestyle of humility. You're like a Japanese all the time. Konishiva, konichiva, konichiva. All the time. No, you're, you're always in a perennial bowing mode. I mean, they are externally, but inside we have that attitude of a humble person. God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. So how do you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God? By coming under the authority of the God, of the spiritual authority whom God has placed you under. The way up. Is to come under. You understand? Amen? If you do not come under, you are a rebel and therefore you are a child of the devil. Very straightforward. Because that's the reason why it says, I have sent you to the Gentiles to preach the gospel to them, to open their eyes, that they may come from darkness to light, from the power of Satan, the authority of Satan to the power of God. To the authority of God. And there are only two sources of authority. If you are not under the authority of God, you are under the authority of the of, of Satan and therefore you are under the realm of witchcraft. That is the religion of a fallen man. What is the religion of fallen man? Witchcraft. Rebellion. Because the rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Eve was deceived. Adam Eve was deceived, Adam disobeyed. Lot of difference. That is the reason why Romans chapter 5 will say, as through one man's disobedience, so also through one man's obedience. Adam was not deceived. He disobeyed. He exactly knew what was happening to Eve. He knew exactly what happened and therefore he chose to disobey God. Notwithstanding the fact that he knew very well that he was not supposed to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He was deceived. Adam disobeyed. And therefore, we were all objects of wrath. We were sons of disobedience, it says in Ephesians chapter 2. By nature, we are objects of God's wrath. We were the, under the influence of the prince of the power of the air. The spirit which works in the, now among the sons of disobedience. Adam disobeyed. We are all children of disobedience. When we come under God, we become children of obedience. Therefore, when you are translated from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God, you are moving from rebellion to obedience and submission. Not a bad word. It's a tremendous word. It's a freedom that you can enjoy. Okay? Come to me, all you that are in heavy labor, etc. Come and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me and you will continue to find rest for your souls. You want to remain in the realm of that rest? Come under the yoke of God. Submission of God. The authority of God. Understand? 
We can't reiterate these facts enough. <laughs> because I learned the hard way. I was a rebel with and without a cause. Hmm? Be sober. Why? I told you, no? You should be what? Be sober and watchful. How will you be sober? By coming under the authority God has placed you under. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, who's your adversary? Your enemy. He's looking for like-minded people. Birds of the same feather flock together. Are you are a rebel. Why are I a rebel? What are you doing in church? Come here, come here, come here. You don't fit there. You're a square peg in a circular hole. Or the other way around. You're all geometry or no? Equivalent statements are there. <laughs> so, come out. You are a rebel, I'm a rebel, everybody rebel, rebel. I told you, no. Uh, that my, 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 what is that? <laughs> Kirana Shab guy. Are, oh, bhi chor, hum bhi chor, sab, sab, chor, chor. I said, Baba, kya freedom hai tumare liye? You have so much of freedom. He is chor, you are chor, everybody thief, thief. And you are enjoying, your conscience doesn't even prick you. Happy is the man. <laughs> you see how dead in the conscience is? Or the man who is natural? Is completely oblivious to the standards of God. If you do some small things for us, it will bother us. Isn't it? Trouble, torment, and it is good. It's good that your conscience keeps pricking you like that. Tender conscience is good. Hmm. So, be sober, be watchful by, by coming under authority. So you, you will be given authority if you come under authority. Look at this pattern. I'll show you. Okay. This is First Samuel chapter 3. One of my favorite verses. First Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. You can underline it 250 times in your Bible. Every time you read it, underline it. Okay. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Kya baat hai? Kya baat hai? Who is Eli? Compromised servant of the Lord. And where did Samuel minister? To the Lord before Eli. No, just take that and apply it into our situations. If Samuel, it's called a fortiori logic. From the lesser to the greater. <laughs> if Samuel ministered to the Lord before a compromised priesthood, if David will not touch the anointed of God who was compromised and who has lost the touch of God, how much more you and I if we have a comp- uncompromised leadership. You understand? It's called a fortiori. From the lesser to the greater. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. In spite of that, the boy Samuel. My dear brothers and sisters, we have to learn a lot from the boy. The boy, the boy, not the man. Not the young man, not the prophet. Still, he's going to become a prophet. Not a judge of Israel, but the boy Samuel. If the boy of Samuel can give us a run for our money, <laughs> forget about prophet, forget about judge. 
That is the reason why when the judge Samuel went to uh, Bethlehem to offer sacrifice, everybody said they started trembling. Why did you come? Why did you come? Did you come in peace? Yeah, did you come? Yeah, yeah, peace, 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 peace only. Okay, don't get tensed. You see, the very presence of the prophet can send terror into the hearts of people. That is the impact that we should have for our generation. Are this fellow is a compromised fellow? We can also fool around. He is compromised. We are compromised. No. Understand? So the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Exodus chapter 24. Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and be there. And I will give you the tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I have written to you, uh, uh, written that you may teach them. So Moses arose, arose with his assistant Joshua. Are you know you said no? We are supposed only to please uh, men and uh, please God and not men. We are not servants of uh, men, but we are servants of God. But what is he called? Servant of Moses. The word for assistant is uh, sakhar in sakat. If I'm right, sakat sakat in in the Hebrew, which means the minister or a servant or a doulos, a bond servant. Assistant Joshua. Kya title na? Assistant Joshua. Personal assistant to Moses. And Moses Moses went up to the mountain of God. So what is he? See, in order to be given authority, you should come and very clear. No. Come under authority. Very clear. Very, very clear. Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend and he would return to the camp but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Meaning ultimately whom, whom was he serving even when he was assisting Moses? Servant of servant, serving God. And what was he doing? At the tent of meeting, he was listening. He was literally there in the presence of God. He heard the voice of God coming, coming and coming down and speaking face to face with Moses. And he said, "Boy, this is what I want to experience. I'm still not there. God may not appear to me like this, but I want to have a taste of what it is." Young man. Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man (laughs) cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. You see that? And another one. Exodus chapter 17. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heaven. So who was Joshua? What was he doing? He was fighting the who? The Amalekites. What is Amalekite a symbol of? Of the flesh. What was he therefore overcoming? The desires and the lusts and the inclinations of the flesh. He's taking the instruments of his body and making them instruments of righteousness and not of lawlessness. By coming under the teaching of the word of God, right? Because he's rehearsing. He's coming under, coming under the authority. You see, a man who is under the authority of a man of God, he's not just under the authority of the man of God. He's under the authority of the word that the man of God possesses. Did you understand? 
That is the reason why Paul says you have care, you should carefully follow the pattern of words that has been entrusted into your hands. Not you're not just just following me. You're following also the words that have made me, the doctrine that has made me. Did you understand? This is a very important truths. Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua. What, what does it mean? That's a, I, I didn't put it. It says, you handed yourselves over to that form of doctrine to which you have been delivered to and you were obedient from the heart. And what happened? In the process, you became what? Slaves of righteousness and you were freed from becoming what? Slaves of sin. And what did you do? You took the instruments of your body, especially your eyes, your ears, and your tongue. Can you read uh, Genesis 1 verse 26, brother? Aha, <clears throat> uh-huh, let us make man in our image. Okay, in verse 28, if I'm right, the blessing is pronounced. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. Ah. Over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth. Now you think about this. He says, how therefore, what is the new covenant teaching of Genesis chapter 1 verse 28? How do you subdue all, the, all of these things? By not eating them. There's a spiritual insight. James chapter 3, verse 6. And the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity. This is the member. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by who? By hell. Now look at this. Verse 7. For every kind of beast. What is that? The fish of the sea. The fall of the air, the creeping things, has been tamed by, that means he subdued them, right? That is easy to subdue. What is very difficult to subdue? That means, if you are really a person who have come under the blessing of God and who are exercising dominion, we are not going to exercise dominion over animals. What should we exercise dominion over? Our tongue. You understand the spiritual significance of it? Significance of it? You know, the, 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 the Telugu is very interesting. All these animals have become sadhus. That's the word. The word sadhu means saint. But the, the tongue cannot become a sadhu. What is a saint? A person. A sadhu means in, in, in Indian language, a person who has got control over his desires. Sadhu, Sundar Singh. So all have become sadhus. What has become sadhu? Parrot has become sadhu. Snakes has become sadhu. Fish of the sea has become sadhu. But the tongue? <laughs> no sadhu. It is unruly. That means it cannot be ruled. That's what it... You, in other words, a person who can exercise dominion over his tongue is a person who is really blessed of God. No man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly 
evil, full of deadly poison. What is unruly? It cannot be ruled. It cannot follow rules. It doesn't have any rules at all. I will speak. That's what it says in Isaiah, uh, Psalm 50. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Psalm 50. No, no, no. no. Ah, Psalm 12 verse 4. Thank you so much. Chee, 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 chee. Psalm 12 verse 4. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. Read it in KJV, bro. Read it, read it from verse uh, 3 and 4. Psalm 12 verses 3 and 4. Bro, read it. Ah, the Lord shall cut off all flattering lips. Ah, the tongue that speaketh proud things. Who have said, with our tongue, we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? You see that? What a cogent verse. So precise. That is the reason why they hated James. And they threw him from the top of the pinnacle of the, of the temple and martyred him, slaughtered him. They couldn't, they couldn't stand this kind of teaching. What Solomon proclaimed, James followed. The equivalent of Proverbs in the New Covenant is actually James. You need to understand that, okay? So, if you want to have authority, what are you? A person who's got authority over, over your own tongue. Given your ear to hear and your tongue is under control. It's like a bridle. Who holds your tongue? The Lord your God has given me an instructed tongue to open mouth. But he controls me. That's the reason why, you know what uh, Elisha says about Elijah. My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen. If he is a horseman, who is a horse? Elisha is a horse. And what does he control? His mouth. (laughs) And Gives the direction, where, which way to go, where to go, what to speak, where not to speak, etc. Alright, 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 alright. Let's move on. Okay. So, Numbers chapter 11. This is my best. Numbers chapter 11. This is slide number 45. Okay, you can skip the other two slides for the for lack of time. For paucity of time, if you will. <laughs> Numbers chapter 11, <clears throat> verse 26 onwards. This is a man who is under authority. What should he possess? Another important characteristics. However, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the spirit also rested on them and they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, the son of Nun, because he's a man who only opens his mouth when he's asked to open his mouth, right? Who had been Moses' aide since youth. I love that. Spoke and said, Moses! Adonai, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my son? Stop there. A lesson. If you are under the authority of somebody, you should be jealous for them too. I'll give you an example, okay? I didn't ask Samuel's permission, but I'm going to use this example. The other day, Jasind and I were, I mean, Jasind and I think Jasind was, drop, I mean, Sammy was dropping Jasind and the children back home. And Jasind was just funnily saying about, you know, the things that we have at our home and that kind of discussions that we have. And uh, Sammy was giving her answers and some answers. And she came home and she told me, Vijay, Sammy never receives anything negative about you. Why is it like that? I said, you know what, Jason, I'll tell you, this is the principle. When you are under a man of God, 
if you want to receive the word of God through the man of God, you have to be jealous for his name. Otherwise, you know what will happen? You will mock the word of God, even though it is the word of God spoken through a fallen missile. Because it's not the word of man. It's the word of God. Through the man. Albeit with all his frailties and shortcomings. That is the reason why Paul commends the Thessalonian church. You know what he says? Even though we spoke, you did not receive it as the word of man, but as it is in truth, as long as the word of God is a truth, you received it as the word of God, which has got the power to work in those who believe. You know what? You should be zealous for. You should be zealous for the name of your spiritual leaders. Zealous for their name. In other words, somebody speaks some trash about your leader. You stand up and say, you know what? I'm not going to take this nonsense. Walk out. Walk out. Again, a fortiori logic. I'll give you a fortiori logic. A Malachite comes and tells David, I have killed Saul. Saul is dead. How do you know Saul is dead? He was dying and he asked me to kill him. So what did I do? I took the sword and I thrust him through because I know he was going to die. What was he thinking? Oh, David is going to commend him. He's going to give him as a, he's going to give him a high ranking position in his army. Nonsense. He didn't know the heart of David. How did you not be scared to touch God's anointed? And who is his anointed? Chasing for his life. See? Zealous! Zealous for the name of God. I'm telling you, these are the principles that you need to really, really, really adhere. You also have to teach your children. Children should not take anything negative about their parents from any other person. Are your dad, shut up. You don't know my dad. Understand this. Very important sobering truths. You want to be given authority? Be jealous for godly authority under whom you've been placed. If you can't, well, you do so at your own peril. Look at now. Look at the graduation ceremony of Joshua under Moses. Look at what it says in Numbers chapter 27. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, with you, a man in whom is the spirit. Where is the spirit now? In whom is the spirit. And lay your hand on him. Set him before Eleazar, the priest, and before all the congregation and the word inaugurate commission. And commission him in their side and you shall give him some of your, uh, the word some is there. The word is actually of your authority, not some of your authority. You shall give some of your authority to him that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. You know what is a you know what is a what is a what is a uh, sign that you have actually received the authority of God? So ultimately you've been tested for such a long time. Now what is God giving you? Some of his authority. And you know what happens when you have been given some of the authority? You have the words of authority. What is authority? What is authority? It says, it says, uh, Joseph was given authority 
to bind the princes of Egypt and to teach their senators wisdom. Why? Because he was a man under authority. You will be given words that teaching, revelation. God can entrust you now with his words, with his revelation, with his teaching, which is going to propel, encourage, challenge, what do you call, equip, edify the next generation. Doesn't matter if one generation doesn't doesn't listen to you, forget it. God will say, I'm going to raise another generation who will listen to you. And that generation you will impact. I want to be like that. (laughs) It says, none of the words of Samuel. What? What does it mean? Meaning when he spoke, things happened. You know, that is what it means to be called. What is call? Abigail, clean your room. That is not a call. Okay, mama. Okay, daddy, I'm doing it. Maybe. No, no, no. That is not a call. Abigail, do it. She gets up and she does it because you know who called you? It is not my father or anybody else. It is God through my father. That is call. You know what will happen? When Samuel spoke the words, things happened. Words of authority. Impacted people. Influenced people. Challenged people. Equipped people. Influenced the next generation. Do you want to be that kind of an impactful man? Come under authority. It has got tremendous benefits. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Acts chapter 13. Now in the church there was there was at Antioch there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, and Saul. <laughs> Who's mentioned at the last? Saul. Who's mentioned first? Barnabas. Ultimately, the first will become the last, the last will become first. Okay, no problem. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have been called. What is happening over here? He's coming under the leadership of people. Even though he is more talented, more equipped, more endowed with, with natural giftings and, and logic and education, he is coming under authority. And you know what's going to happen? Now he's going to be, elders are going to lay hands upon him and he's going to be sent into the mission field. You know what he's going to do? The first, 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 first deliverance he's going to rot. He's going to bind the sorcerer Elimas. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Means what? He's a man who, the person who can be given authority, he was a man who has come under authority, meaning he's a man who has been tested by authority. Obedience. Obedience is a key, my dear brothers. Obedience, 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 obedience to leadership. Okay, I don't want to be called a person who disobeys. The pastor tells me something, I do it, period. The elders tell me something, I do it, period. I follow instructions to the T. I don't bring my own arguments, my own thoughts, my own, what do you call, presuppositions, prejudices, etc. Go to slide number 52. Each has his or her work. Okay. So look at this. First what? You are a servant. Second, you have been given authority. Ultimately, you will be given the word, which has got the words of authority. Then, each of you has his or her work. Okay. 
I got this from a man of God whom I was listening to recently. But I'm going to, before I go, come there, look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave each one. God gave each one. Each has his or her work. And you look at the word one. You know, you have one in your Bible? You have one in your Bible? Underline that one. Because that one will be very, very significant. Because there is only one Vijay. There is no two Vijays. There is only one Peter. Even if I had a twin brother, identical twin brother, he is different. There is only one. I planted Apollos water and God gave the increase. So that means each has a gift and each has a specific work to do. Okay, look at look at one person. Okay, look look at one person. I mean, I just came across this. I was listening to one man of God, and he, he just brought this beautiful word out. And the word is one. Everybody say that one. Okay, look what it says in Luke's Gospel, chapter two, verse thirty-six. Read this, please, everybody, together with me. Now there was one. Kya baat hai? What's her name? Anna. Who is she? A prophetess. Now think about who speaks to the prophet. God speaks. Who speaks to the prophetess? God speaks. Now, does it not say that there were 300 years of silence between between the last prophet Malachi and uh, John? Who's here in the middle? Anna. What was she doing? She served God with fastings and prayers. Night and day, there was only one. There's everybody has a one specific work that God wants you to do and that one can be done by you only if you surrender now there was one I like that there was one Anna it is not the Hannah in the old covenant it is the Hannah in the new covenant there was one Anna specific one called Anna of all the Annas in the world there was one Anna who served God faithfully. First Peter chapter 4. Verse 7 onwards. The end of all things is at what? Hand. Therefore be self-control. Or, 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 or other word, word for it is be sober. Self-control and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep on loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to each other without grumbling and verse 10 as each of you has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's manifold or varied grace. So what should you do? Whoever speaks as the one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves as the one who serves by the strength that God provides in order that in all things who may be glorified, God may be glorified. Through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Each one has a gift. Each one has a gift. So exercise it, use it. That is the reason why Paul tells Timothy, fan back to flame, stir up the gift that was given to you by the laying on of hands. Study to show yourself a prudent to God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay. Don't be like that one talent fellow who will bury his talent. Okay. Because each one is one. Okay. Everybody has his gift, so what do you do? Use it to serve one another. Whatever, uh, uh, what do you call it? spheres of influence, influence God has placed you in, say, Lord, I want to use this gift 
to serve others so that you may be glorified. Amen? Last one. You are a doorkeeper who watches. Okay? So what does it mean? You have a life of a shepherd. You have an attitude of a shepherd. What does a shepherd do? He's always watching. Yeah. As shepherds watched the flock by night. I like that word. John chapter 10. Doorkeeper or the show. Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up another way, the same is a thief and a robber, but he, he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the who opens? Doorkeeper. So what does the doorkeeper mean? A person, he's a, what is, what is his attitude? You should have the attitude of a doorkeeper. If this teaching, my shepherd does not allow, I will not allow it to come through the door. If this teaching is not is what my shepherd wants me to teach. I will allow it through my door. You, you get it? You get it? You get the idea? What is your door? This one. First Timothy chapter 4. <clears throat> Don't let anyone look down upon you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture. Because those days, everybody had. You see... Sundar Krishnan the other day was pointing at something very interesting, okay? He said, those days, the pulpit was there, the Bible was there. The pulpit was there, the Bible was there, and they they were reading from the Bible publicly, and everybody was sitting under the Bible. Who was in control? The Bible was in control. The person who was reading the Bible was in control. Who was not in control? The person who was listening. He's not in control. He's at the mercy of the person who's reading. As long as he's not tired, he'll keep on reading. Now, now what has happened? The Bible, from being there, it has come into your lap. Now, you are not under the Bible. The Bible is under you. So, what do you do? Who controls it now? Ah, you control it. Very interesting point. (laughs) So, when Ezra was preaching, where was it? Exalted platform and he read throughout the day. Everybody shut their mouths and listened. Understand? Devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and teaching. And then, do not neglect your gift which is in you through the laying of, uh, through the, uh, which you given to you through prophecy. When the body of elders uh, laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourselves wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and you see the word watch? Watch your life and watch your doctrine. So what should the doorkeeper do? If any false doctrine is there, what should he do? He should shut the door. If anything which is of worthy of edification is, what should he do? Open the door. You understand what is, what is what's happening over here? If you want to be watchful, you have to be watchful for the things which edify you and you have to be watchful of the things which will destroy you. Be careful as to what you are hearing. You understand? So it says in Acts chapter 20, Now I know that huh, none among you, uh, I, now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see, me, ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim the whole counsel of God. The good, the bad and the ugly. Everything. The whole doctrine. Keep watch for yourselves 
and to the flock. First, you should watch yourself. That means you ought to exactly be sure what you are listening to, what you are reading, whom you are reading, which Bible you are reading. Not NWT. New World Translation. There are so many other translations. They are not cogent. Be very careful of the kind of translations that you are listening to also. Reading and listening and studying. Don't become NIV positive. Even though NIV is good. Yeah, but I don't really want to study from NIV. If you want to really grow in your word, go to NKJV, finally KJV man. Don't lessen the standards. Hmm? Even though it slows you down, it's good. Keep watch, your, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. We use the other translations so that we can, we are, we are able to explain things to the people. But once you start growing in the Lord, okay, don't go through the sappy translations which will lessen and dilute the intensity of the Word of God. Okay. And then what, has, what happens? Be shepherds of the church of God, which he brought with his own blood. Because what I'll do, what will happen? The day I leave, what is going to happen after I leave? Who's going to come? Wolves. How will, how will they come? Wolf in what clothing? What are they accustomed to? <laughs> Deception. That's what they're accustomed to. Angels of light transforming themselves into agents of light. Be very careful of all kinds of doctrines which are floating around. Not all are kosher. I'm telling you honestly. Not all are kosher. You have, we have to test every, he says, test all things, cling to what is good. Test all things and cling to what is good and flee from every semblance of evil. Reject every semblance of evil. Put a price tag on your soul. Don't be easily bought. Keep a watch. So, whom are, whom you are listening to? What you are listening to matters. Continuously. Continuously get challenged. Okay. Continuously allow the word of God to do its work so that you are not taken by surprise when one that day comes. Yeah. So three attributes we looked at. First, you have, for first attribute is that you are a servant. And if you are a servant, you will be given authority. You will be tested with authority. Third, you will be what? Second, sorry. Second, you will be what? What is the next one? You, Each one of you has what? A specific work that God has given you. Find that work and finish it. Finish it. And fourth one, understand that you are a doorkeeper. Don't allow anything negative to come into your ears. Very important. Don't allow slander, gossip, all kinds of negative things about your leadership, eldership. Don't allow those things to come. It will spoil your mind, spoil your head. Ultimately, how is it going to really matter? Is it going to really edify you? No. Think on those things which are profitable. Final verse for the day. I hope you will put up with a little foolishness. Yes, please put up with me. Maybe I can also say that today. Hmm? I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. This is an IV, okay? I'm not... Uh, despising the translation. I'm using it for simplicity of understanding. Hmm? But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be, what? Led astray from your sincere 
and pure devotion to Jesus Christ. So watch, watch over things which will lead you astray and waste your time. The enemy comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. And what will happen? You will waste a lot of time. You will waste a lot of tension, tension over things which don't even concern you. Instead of listening to the word of God and, 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 and allowing the word of God to do its work, you'll be thinking about something else absolutely irrelevant, which will not edify you. So don't allow garbage to come into your minds and spoil you. Be a doorkeeper who will keep out nonsense and allow only those things which will edify you to come inside. And with these three things, what will happen? You'll become a servant who will be what? Sober and watchful. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this time. So many things we have learned today. Some things have been reiterated to us. But we believe, O Lord Jesus, you have brought it all fresh from your oven this morning to feed us. I pray, Lord, every one of us will contend for the faith, for the teaching that has been entrusted into our hands once and for all. And not allow ourselves, even for a moment, to waste our time thinking or allowing things which will not edify us to come into our souls. Thank you, Father. Keep us, O Lord. Keep us, keep our church from any kind of a slander or gossip Keep us, O Lord, focused on you. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We worship you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you thanks. Continuously prepare us for your coming. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.